As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by sports anchor for the NBC affiliate in Kansas City, Haley Lewis. Haley talks about her journey from Miss Tennessee to sports reporting, growing up in a football family, being your authentic self, the game day grind, and so much more. This conversation is a great one, so let's get to it. Haley, thank you so much for joining me this morning for Get My Job. Absolutely. I'm happy to be on. Well, let's jump in and get started with how you got going in this business and kind of take us through your professional journey up until this point. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually, uh, I was telling you, I was talking to someone the other day about, hey, how'd you get in this industry? You know, and and you'll have a lot of people or, or people who are wanting to get in this job be like, what were the steps that you took? And I don't think I've ever spoken to another female in this occupation who was like, oh, well, I went to school for journalism. Then I got mm-hmm. my first job on TV. And then after that, I went into a professional or, or on-air TV talent, and it was all smooth and easy going. I feel like everyone is always so up in the air and have a roundabout way of how they got there. So for me, it was, I went to school. I actually went to school in Nashville. Um, okay. I went there for a vocal performance major. Which okay. Is, Nothing to do with what I do now. But I mean, I will say the thing I learned about that was I learned how to perform. I learned how to be on camera. I learned how to be on stage. So that did help. But my scholarship was for classical vocal performance at Belmont University. And okay. then ended up realizing, you know, it's not, I'm not going to be the next Carrie Underwood doing this. This is not going to work out. I had always been involved in sports. My dad was a longtime head football coach here in Kansas City. And so for my entire upbringing, it was following dad's career, right? We moved from town to town. When I moved to Nashville for college, that was my 10th move. Um, So there were, moving was easy. And the dinner topic table at home was always football, you know, until my little brother came around. I was my dad's son and we would (laughs) bond over that. I grew up on the sidelines with him. And so it was just something that once I realized that performance wasn't going to be what I was going to do, I kind of started pursuing interviews or excuse me, internships. And I worked in the athletic program at my university and realized, okay, this is something I could do. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, 
free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well, then I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I'm aging myself by bringing this up, but there was a really rough time in the, the nation's um, economy around 2010 and 2011, kind of around then, um, where my parents were having some financial struggles and I was putting myself through school already, but that extra money that they were helping me with was no longer going to be able to come in. And so a sorority sister of mine at the time told me like, Hey, have you ever heard of the Miss America pageant? And I was like, uh, do you know, I come from a football family. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about toddlers and tiaras or honey boo boo or any of this crap going on. And she's like, no, you can, you can pay for your school with this. And I was like, wait, seriously? So she explains it to me. She's like, Hey, you win Miss America, you win a good chunk of uh, your financial aid. And then also the organization that you win with will help you pay for the rest of college. Um, and I'm like, okay, so where, where do I sign up? And she (laughs) told me all about it. And somehow by, I have no clue. We just kind of approached it like a game. I told my parents, I'm doing a pageant. Let's write down the X's and O's. Let's figure it out. And we threw it together and somehow ended up winning Miss Tennessee, having never done pageants before in my life, <laughs> find myself at Miss America and then end up placing in the top 10. And it was a whirlwind, but it's so crazy how those things help catapult you into the career that you are now, because I never would have thought of myself as some pageant girl, but I will mm-hmm. say I learned how to be well-spoken. I learned Mm -hmm. how to give an elevator pitch. I learned how to speak on camera. Uh, Hey, I learned how to do my hair and makeup, which as you know, in this industry is hella important. So that was Mm -hmm. nice. And went back to school, kind of paired it with the newfound skill set I had with Miss Tennessee and ended up, you know, getting an opportunity with one of the guys in the OVC, which is what Belmont University is in saying, Hey, you want to come be our sideline reporter? And I was like, sure. Senior year, jumped on the train of, I'm going to go be Aaron Andrews. And then ever since then, it took off. So it was a very roundabout way because I don't know about you, but what 18-year-old knows what they want to do with their life? So for me, it was this kind of perfect storm that fell into place because if there was literally anything else I could do besides this job that would make me happy, trust me, I would go do it because I would love to have a weekend off. But this job is so you know, I know I'm in this for the right reasons. And I know that this job is so fulfilling because, you know, we have these long nights till 2.30 AM. I go home and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can cuss on this. So I'm going to try not to, but be like, <laughs> I love my job. Like this is, this is awesome. Well, and I think that's something that I would love to talk about for a minute, because for a lot of our younger reporters or people just starting out in the industry that are just like, I love sports you have to remember that it's it's yeah. a lot of long hours and we talk about it a lot on this podcast. But I think for you, for specifically, if we're looking at the week we're recording, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had a Sunday mm-hmm. night football game. And I remember seeing on your Instagram, you know, throughout the day, and, and I know this is a beat reporter, but it's a busy day. And yeah. so you had a full day before you even <laughs> got to the stadium and then your day really begins. So if you could talk a little bit about that, just yeah. like what, 
what that is and why loving what you do and being in it for the right reasons is so important. And, and I think, and I said that, like, I think I said that a little bit earlier, just if there's, if there's something else besides your occupation that is going to make you more fulfilled in life, go mm-hmm. do it. Cause this is not an easy path, but if this is what gets you up in, in the morning and lets you sleep at night, then, then, you know, you're in the right spot and you're right for the right reasons, right? This is right. not a place. Um, and I always love when people want to bring up that stereotype of, Oh, do you want to just date athletes or this? And I'm like, you know how much easier it would be to date a professional athlete than doing all the crap that I'm doing. You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> if that was the goal. Why would I put myself through all this? Like that, that's just, it's so funny that people think of those stereotypes and you're like, okay, if you're in this for the wrong reasons, yeah, I get it. But if you're in this for the right reasons, you know how hard this job is, how demanding it is, how much time it takes. And like you were saying, if we get to the field and it's five hours before the first kick, right? Kickoff is in mm-hmm. five hours. We're there. We got pregame shows. You don't see all the work that goes into the pregame show because we did that all throughout the week, gathering all the interviews, doing all the pressers, showing up at practice every day, talking with people from Tennessee for this uh, Titans matchup. We go to the game. We're at the game. We do the pre-show. We stick around in the field. We get all the content that we're trying to show fans like, hey, if you're watching from TV, let me show you the things that your TV won't show you. Then you go up, you watch the game, you write notes, you're tweeting the whole time, you're getting questions ready. I mean, we go down there and it's at the two-minute warning and the Chiefs PR guy has me on the sideline and he's like, okay, right when that clock goes off, we're running onto the field. You're going to be on the 30-yard line. We'll grab you a player. You got to knock it out real quick. And then all of a sudden we go into overtime. So now Uh everything's changed because I wrote a whole different story upstairs in the press box than what happened on the field because the whole, and you just have to be on your toes and ready for it. And then you run into the locker room, you want to run into the pressers. After that, you've got a 90 minute post show. You got to wrap up stuff for the morning. And then somehow it's 2.30 AM and you're not home. And it's the grind of that, that you have to be almost obsessed with, if that sounds like the best word to say, because it will, it will weed out the weak. And you learn that from the smaller markets as you get to bigger markets, it weeds out mm-hmm. the people who don't want this as much. And that's fine. You don't need to want it as much if you don't want it. But it's something that I would really say to the people who want to get into it, get, just, just realize your weekends are gone and you're going to have Mondays and Tuesdays to hang out with your friends and social life is going to have to revolve around this. And if you can make that work for your life, if this is your passion enough, then it's not going to feel like a chore. But if it does feel like a chore, that's probably a good indication to you that you could find something else that would fulfill you more. You got to be comfortable realizing that your, your schedule is never going to be a normal Thanksgiving off with your family. (laughs) you're You're working Christmas, you're working some random bowl game on, on, um, you know, new year's day and everything. But like I said, it's, it is the thing that makes me so happy. So uh, not all the time, but most of the time. It is funny to me that how many of my friends, close friends, still ask me, what are you doing for the holidays? <laughs> like my holidays are after the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm covering a game on Christmas Eve. Um, I'm also Jewish, so it's like not as big a deal, but it's still the holidays. And, you know, I'm covering a game on Christmas Eve and then I might get to spend some time with my family. But it is mm-hmm. it is funny and people just don't, you're not in it. It's, it's really hard to explain it. it is, and yeah. I think people, you know, kind of forget that, but you are correct in that you do have to love it. Your schedule 
changes dramatically and it really is not your own. Your schedule is their schedule. Yeah. You got to remember this is their job too. And it's a business right. and they also have the same issues as everybody else does. And their families do too. And I mean, there are so many wives and girlfriends that I'm close with on this team where I'm just like, I, people, people say what they want to say from the outside looking in. But if you saw what these women were doing, they have such a huge role in their success on the field simply. I mean, they're moving these people, you know, the trade deadline comes up. You got to uproot yourself and move across the country mm-hmm. within a matter of weeks. And he's got to be on the field three days later. There's mm-hmm. so many things that go into it uh, that people don't see because guess what? They see like, you know, four quarters of a game on the field, a little bit of a snippet of a presser and then two minutes of a post-game wrap. And that's it. Right. Um, so there's a lot that goes into this. I think that people don't see this job is not just asking four questions post-game running onto the field, talking to some dude, like it's it's so much more than that. That is 100% true. Kind of with that in mind, is there a misstep that you see women making when trying to break into the sports industry? Oh, I mean, there's the obvious don't fraternize. Like that's obviously not a, not a good thing you want to do, but also I would say one of the biggest mistakes that I see younger women do is, is they think once they come out of college that it's ESPN or bust and mm-hmm. it's a uh, sports center or bust. You know, it's, I, I got to be on this. And if I'm not, then I'm not good enough for it. Or if I, if I don't get this first gig and it's like, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, when you come out of college, just get a gig. That's all you right. want. Just get mm-hmm. a job. And the first job is the hardest because it stresses out these college students so much. And, and the world of sports has changed so drastically, even from six years ago when I was in school. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that people do is they, they freak out so much about that first job. And really the first job is here, here are the biggest keys I would say for your first job, go somewhere you can grow, go somewhere you have mentors that can grow you and go somewhere that you can network and grow your, your circle. Those would be the biggest things to me is that it's not necessarily, am I on this TV station or this? If you have an opportunity to travel with a Pac-12 football team every single game and, and go do something but live in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, Cal- like Northern California, go do it versus being, you know, some, some beat reporter for a, a, a bigger or um, I would think even like a professional team, but you never get to travel and you only get snippets with them every couple of days. Like go, go do the job that gives you the most opportunity and exposure and people you can grow with and grow under and also grow your circle. Cause that's all, you know, that that's all it's about. It's about networking and it's about, it's not necessarily, I hate to say it. It's not necessarily about the talent. It's more about the exposure and who you're, who you're speaking with and who your circle is with. Um, and so that's, that's the biggest thing is when you start in this, this job, you just got to get your foot in and not worry about what it looks like to the outside in. You know, I know a lot of our friends go make over 50 grand their first year out of school and, and they're killing it and this, this, and this, but you gotta, you gotta toss the comparison aside and go for what you know is going to make your career, um, get grow eventually one day. So the only counter I'll say to that is if you do have the opportunity to be a beat reporter, you don't, it won't be, it's not just snippets. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Like as a beat reporter, you are there every day and you have, you know, a lot of access and you're talking to players and coaches and you're at practice on a daily basis. So that does give you a lot of opportunity to learn and grow. So that would be my only, my only counter to that. But I agree going somewhere you can grow. And the other thing, of course, it's so important to get reps and you want to be able to do that. But I will say as, as someone who is a beat reporter that covers uh, the 49ers, you do, your access is you're going to get about as much access as you could get anywhere right. because you are there yeah, every day and you're in the locker room and everything like that. So, you know, that is a, a great example. opportunity. Maybe that, I'm sorry. That was probably a poor example of what I, I was trying to say was basically just don't always, maybe the best way to say that is don't always take the bigger market for less exposure versus, or, or more, how am I saying that? I'm not saying that correct, but basically don't take the bigger market for less opportunity when you have more opportunity in a smaller place that you might not think is as flashy, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think there's something to be said for sure for, for getting those reps and learning Absolutely, and, and yeah. all of that. I think everything's, there's you know, and everyone's different too, right? Like it depends on what, what is your home life? Like, what is your family? Like, do you want to be close? Do you want to be far? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that weigh into that. I just would never want anyone when they graduate to, to be fearful of going to, which I mean, I was, but just going to the middle of nowhere. Right. And being mm-hmm. like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but Hey, this is a great opportunity. Let's dive in, you know, and just, and just go for it. That's, that was something I was really scared of coming out of school, especially with like people graduating and, and going on for, Oh, I'm going to have a solid job in accounting or have this. And I'm like, I'm going to make $28,000 and go live in the middle of nowhere. So mm-hmm. this is going to hopefully work out one day. But it, but it is, it's a good way to build. And I think it's another yeah. important thing to bring up because that is what happens more often than not. And I think a lot of times we see people on air that we feel just woke up one day and ended up, as yeah. you said, on ESPN or on the NFL network or wherever. And that's not the case. These people started Every, you know, all over the country in a number of different markets, you just noticed them one day because you turned on the NFL Network or ESPN and you right. don't live in the middle of nowhere. So you didn't see the builds and all of that. But I think, you know, that's important to remember is that everyone starts somewhere and there is certainly something to be said. And I've had a lot of women on the podcast talk about how they're so grateful and thankful that they got their reps in a place where they really could learn because mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes in the beginning. That's just part of it. That's true of any job or any career. And you'd rather make those state, those mistakes in a place where you'll grow from them and you'll learn from them. And it's not going to be the beginning and end of your career because the worst thing that can happen is for you to get thrown into something you're not ready for 
Right. And then you do make a big mistake. And especially in the world we live in today with social media and the 24-hour news cycle and all of that, it's sometimes it can be hard to recover from that. So, you know, I, I definitely agree that going somewhere where you can grow is so, so important. And kind of with that in mind, I'm segueing to another question. In the, in the world of social media, how do you deal with that on a daily yeah. basis? Do you respond to trolls? Do you not respond to trolls? Kind of what is your feeling on how you deal with social media generally? I mean, it's hit or miss. I should respond to less than I do. Sometimes mm-hmm. I will because simply I'm in a clap back kind of mood. Okay, but fair enough. The <laughs> majority of time, I think it's wise to just let trolls be trolls. You know, they're the, these little keyboard warriors. Let them do their thing. But uh, at times, it is, I think, good to stand up for yourself and, and, and be able to say, you know, hey, this is just this is just inappropriate or disrespectful or just because I simply have an opinion doesn't mean that it needs to be rebuttaled. Right. And, and, and right. You, I'm sure you've been victim to this too. People are terrible. They say the yes. craziest things and you wonder, would you ever in a million years think of saying that to someone's face? And they never know. And then, and you also think to yourself as a woman and a female, and especially in this job, I would no more ever go on anyone's social media, even if I grossly disagreed with them and go, you write whatever on their right. Thing. No, I just would keep it to myself and move on. But that's, that is hard because, and I'm sure, again, I'm sure you can feel this way too. In the beginning of this career, it really hurts. I'm not going to lie. You have, you're coming out of school. You got an eye at the time. I felt like I had thick skin, but apparently it was very thin because people would say things and gosh, I would let it get under my skin. And I really wish I had, mm-hmm. I, I let it affect how I, I limited myself because I was so fearful of the rebuttal or what people would Mm -hmm. say or this, this, and this. And then you start to build a reputation for yourself. People start to recognize that, uh, you are not just a face or you are not just, uh, the stereotype of what they think you're supposed to be. You actually have the, the backbone and, and the education and knowledge to be doing this job. And then you start building that reputation and then you start getting support and it gets better. But I mean, I even had someone arguing me on Twitter like the other day about the most insignificant thing ever. Um, And it's it's hard. I'm not going to lie and say that it doesn't affect me still because there are times when I see negative. Yeah. And I see negative comments and I'm just like, like, why? (laughs) Like, I'm just right. After every newscast, I'm just waiting for the at in my mentions on Twitter. But, you know, you got to brush it off because it's never. I can't imagine what people on national TV get because even just seeing small comments on people who I respect and adore on TV and the people, what people say about them, I'm just like, you'll never please everyone. So you might as well just don't limit yourself, go for what you want to do. And on social media, that should be a reflection of your intimate self. I mean, well, intimate as much as you're wanting to share, right? but let it be you, you know, everyone's going to (laughs) hate. Yeah, that. That's true. Whatever, you know, that's a hundred percent true. And you said something very important there. You're never going to please all of the people. So you need to not you, but the universal you, we all need to kind of let that go. It's so hard. So, so hard. And social media, everyone's perfect, right? I'm even a victim of looking at that stuff and you compare, 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 and it's hard. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of the, the, the double-edged sword of, of social media nowadays. 
Is there a criticism, constructive criticism that you received early in your career that you found really helpful in shaping you as the reporter you are today? Yes, girl. Don't lower, like, don't change your voice. Ah, that's <laughs> a good one. And then I would, I would like go on air the first couple of times and I'd be like, reporting live. Like, I was like <laughs> what are you doing? You have, this is like, be yourself, be your normal voice. Don't lower it. Just talk. And and I think we all kind of learn that because obviously the way in which we're speaking right now, I mean, even though it's conversational, it's it's more professional, right? Like I would probably be a little different if we, if I was just talking to my girlfriend uh, on the couch drinking wine or something, but mm-hmm. that's how everyone is at work. You, you, you change a little bit because you want to be professional in your approach. But that was the criticism that I received pretty early on was you don't need to change your voice. Just okay. you naturally speak. I mean, obviously, if your voice is extremely high pitched, maybe try not to um, over exaggerate what what you're doing. But I think being you is, gosh, it's such a cliche, and I'm sorry it sounds so trite, but that's the only brand you have. So you're, no, you're right, though. It's important. important. Yeah. So that that was the thing. Don't change your voice. Just just have your voice be who you are, um, and and naturally just let yourself kind of guide out who who this person is because it takes. Well, I still don't even know exactly my brand and I'm figuring it out still. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. And so kind of, what do you do for you or what would your tips be on figuring out your brand? Because the reality yeah. is of this, again, this world we live in today, I know it's not like I'm 98 whenever I, I say know, that, right? but, <laughs> but the reality of it is, is that we are all a brand and we are building our brand and, and it's what we're putting out there and we're forward facing and all of these things. So kind of what tips do you have for kind of finding your brand and how have you gotten there? Well, I mean, that's, that's the best question you'd probably ask because I'm <laughs> still working on it, right? I'm still, what makes Haley Haley? What makes me mm-hmm. unique? There's a lot of women who look like me, who do my job. So what makes me, you know, stand out? What, what differentiates me? And I have learned the more success I have on reviews, criticism, online comments, things like that, the more success I have is from simply letting my personality show who Mm -hmm. I am off the cuff, who I am behind scenes. I think that's a really big thing about finding out who you are is everyone sees the two minutes you put on, you know, social media or the, the, you know, and I'm not hating on editing. I edit my photos all the time too, with wonderful filters, thank God. And (laughs) they, they, they see that, right. And they don't get to see who you are with your family, who you are at home and and lounging. And I think if you're building a brand, let people into that. Now I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you need to share. I don't, I have, you know, dated and whatnot, and I've never shared any uh, of my dating life or anything like that on social media, but I'm not saying you need to share the most intimate part of your life, but just share what you're comfortable with. Show them who you are because they want to see you as a human. And so I think you being more authentic with yourself at home is going to help you be more authentic with people out in the field. Uh, And that was the biggest thing for me is like, stop trying to be a a cookie cutter brand of what you think is, is acceptable and just fall into what you already are naturally, because it's been enough for people all along. So why is it not enough for people now? And that's, that's the best piece of advice I can get. And again, it sounds really, really, really cliche, But I think the more authentic you speak to yourself at home and in your private spaces will be the more authentic you can be 
with the world, if that kind of makes sense. Like you can't really wake up and tell yourself you, you're a piece of crap in the mirror when you're getting ready and talk negative to yourself if you're going to go out there and inspect people to respect you and think good of you at work, if that kind of makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And I think it's an important thing. And some cliches, and I say this on this podcast a lot, some cliches are cliches for a reason. Well, all cliches are cliches for a reason. <laughs> and the reality is you, you can only be you. And it's yeah. funny, a, a few weeks ago, I was doing uh, an interview with a colleague of mine for a uh, local news news thing for the 49ers. Actually, it was before the Chiefs game, oddly enough. Oh. Uh, but it was, yes, it was before the Chiefs game. And At the end of the interview, she said, you know, make sure you're following Tracy. She's got one of the freshest perspectives on the beat. And that really stuck with me because I was like, that makes me feel like that makes me feel really good. And I, I do do it differently. You know, some of the stuff analysis and news is what it is, but I do share content differently and I do my job differently than my colleagues and it totally works, but Mm -hmm. it's a really nice thing to hear. And I don't say it to toot my own horn. I say it to just drive home that point that what you do is what makes you, you, and that is, what's going to make it different. And you do want to stand out. And I feel like that, you know, on a beat of, of eight to 10 writers and reporters, and we're all, we all have the same news, like the news is the news. (laughs) The team is the team. How do you you find a way to share it? And how do you find a way to share stories that are maybe a little bit different? And I think that's just a really important thing to drive home. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I love that saying too. You should add that to your Instagram bio because you know, you're right. One of the I like that. That's true. It's actually, you know what? I should look at that. Look at that today. Yeah, exactly. And a hundred percent. And it is good to lean into that, and it's okay yeah. with that. And it's a, and it's a good thing to say. And it's funny that you just said that because it didn't even occur to me. But you're right. I should. And when I'm talking to people, I should say that and say I bring a fresh perspective, a yeah. you know, fresh, different perspective. The beat. Uh, we have an incredible beat and I have incredible colleagues, but that was just a really cool thing that she said. And I felt like, oh, I love that. That makes me happy. So it is important to kind of lean into who you are. And as you said, and it's so true, it's been enough thus far and it, yeah. it'll continue to be enough as who you are. Uh, I guess maybe this is, maybe you've sort of answered this, but, and maybe your answer is what we just talked about. But if you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in this field, yeah. what would it be? I mean, yeah, once you, once you kind of carve out who you are as a person, I think the, the biggest advice I could give is to not take criticism to the core of who you are. Mm-hmm. They are and because, because right. What we're doing is who we are. Right. So my delivery is my voice, my, the mm-hmm. way my face and my expressions are, that's my face. Like I can't right. change those things. And I think a lot of the times in this industry, you you hear a person say back, Hey, maybe not use that tone of voice or maybe change your inflection, or maybe, maybe this hairstyle is better suited. And so you take that as an internal reflection of, Oh, since you're criticizing what truly makes up me as a person, Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not blah, blah, blah. I think that's where you have to different, like make two different people, right? There's Haley on TV and then there's Haley, the human at home, right? There's two mm-hmm. different people. Haley has to, Haley's image and looks and, and reflection and all these things, they have to be critiqued because that's, that's your job. Your job is a lot of who you are looking like and what you do on TV and how you deliver, but try to change or keep those two things separate in your mind of realizing simply because that outfit didn't look good on TV doesn't mean the outfit doesn't look good. 
right? It's just mm-hmm. realizing that just because your voice or the way you said something here doesn't sound good doesn't mean what you said was stupid or wrong. And just because this look or this hairstyle or what you were doing with your face or body language didn't look good here doesn't mean it's wrong in real life. So I think making sure you're able to separate the two so that you can be a sane person and also not critical of yourself when you're just out having fun with your friends. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can feel this way too. Sometimes when I go in group settings, I I have a hard time turning it off and I'm just like, girl, relax. No one's looking at your eyebrows moving. Like, (laughs) but it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you're in an opera career where everyone's looking at you all the time. Yes. And that's the hardest thing. You have to tell yourself you're okay. This first date, girl, he's not interviewing you. He just wants to know what you like. Like, Just relax. And so that's something I would tell people is try to make two different people in your mind and realize when you're getting criticism of your image and of your voice and of the things that you are saying, it is not a reflection of you as a human. That is a job thing. And I'm so sorry my voice is like kind of going out because last night was wild. But, um, <laughs> or wow, I've been two days out from that game and I still have a bad voice anyways. But see, here you are doing it and your voice is fine. But see, this is your, 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 this is a, but this is, I think, a great example. You're doing, your voice is great. It's not going out at all. I appreciate that. See, yeah, there you go. You criticize yourself even in these like conversational things and, Turning the self-criticism off is a must if you're going to be in this, this industry. And I still am working on that like every single day. So we did a little bit earlier in the podcast, kind of a day in the life of your game day, yeah. but I would love to do a day in the life of Haley Lewis. And it could be any day you could go with more depth on game day. It could be a day during the week, but I would love to do a day in the life of Haley Lewis. Yeah. And I think honestly, you, you probably have a similar, a similar life during the week. We have my weeks leading up to game day, uh, people don't see that, right? They see what you put on the field on game day and they don't see all the work that goes into it. It is a full-time job. (laughs) So you go on, you know, Monday, you got the head coach presser, you go to practice afterwards, you turn a couple stories around it. You write web articles around it. You take notes, you get ready for Tuesday, which is usually an off day here in KC. We take Tuesdays off. Then we move on to Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday is always head coach, quarterback, couple players, go to practice, do some reports from Arrowhead outside the stadium. Again, go back to the station, anchor, put together um, packages, put up web stories. It's this constant week of research for what leads up to the actual game. Thursday, you talk to coordinators. Then you talk to a couple more players. Then you go in the locker room, talk to more players. You go out on the field. So the entire time you're gathering information for the four seconds you get on TV on Sunday to put it all together. Right. So it's a, I think Mm -hmm. for me, the daily life is more staying on top of what's going on, staying on top of the news. And, And you know, this as well, when something comes out and someone tweets it down the pipeline and you know, you're not Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter. You got to hop on that quick and get out the news to your audience because mm-hmm. that you're, you're the next channel of breaking it, but also you're the one who's there, you know, right. they're, they're getting, yes, they're getting the information from these agents and they get the national news, but you're the one who can say, Hey, well, I immediately brought that up in the locker room to so-and-so who had these few words on the latest trade. And you can give them the inside beat that those national, and this is no hate against those national reporters, but what they can't do because they're not physically there. So right. my day-to-day life is more about physically being there. 
and being present with these players and being at practice and evaluating and taking notes and getting ready for the prep that goes into the game day, uh, long days at the stadium and everything. So basically a day-to-day for me is a lot of press conferences, a lot of locker room time, and a lot of time on the field. Um, But all my shoes are filled with turf. That's really of annoying. Of course, all of them, those pellets. <laughs> like, cannot get it. I call them turf mites because they literally just stick in all my shoes and everywhere. They're all in my house. Um, and yeah, have to find a lot of, out- I'm sure you do this too, have to find a lot of outfits that you can wear out outside, sweat in, but then still look decent and run back into the studio and be on air like a couple minutes later. Like the, the, the fit changes are crazy. Um, the fit, yeah. the fit changes are the fit changes are crazy. And you know, it's so funny. I'm glad you kind of brought up all you know the weeks of practice and locker room. I had someone say to me a couple of years ago, "Well, why do you go to practice? Do you just like it?" And I'm like, and, and this person they didn't mean anything by it, but I said, yeah. "Well, I said, well, so she, she works in fashion." Okay. I said, okay. "Well, do you just go to the fashion show? Like, do you just go to the?" the yeah. fall fashion show and spring fashion show. And I said, a lawyer doesn't just show up in court. It's the same thing. Yeah. And the players don't just show up for the game. I was like, that's, and they, it's just funny. And I think that's something with this industry that it is kind of an anomaly to people who aren't in it. Right. And it just, it's, it's such an important yeah. part of it because we are also preparing for game day. Yeah. You got to know, Hey, I saw that guy on punt return a lot in practice. So he's probably going to be the one who goes in place of so-and-so like that's, mm-hmm. those are things that you have to be there to physically observe because again, the national news will always come down. It's just, you are the one who can add to it and give the local ties to it because you're physically there in person. I think being present is like a huge part of yes. this job. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. Well, Haley, this has been awesome. I have loved, loved, loved talking with you, but I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts. And I know everyone on this podcast, everyone listening is sick of hearing me say this, but it's something that I always like our guests to know how the genesis of five fun facts is something I started doing with the 49ers players. And we do a video and they get to share five things about themselves that you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, we do it a little bit differently where we ask everyone the same five questions every week. And we get all kinds of different answers, which has been, in a word, fun. So if you are ready, find fun facts with Haley Lewis. I'm nervous, but I'm here. Don't be nervous. It's very chill. And they're your facts. There's literally no right or wrong. They are totally your facts. So the first one is, what is your favorite moment in sports? Oh, my gosh. Okay. This would be the AFC title game when the chiefs beat the Titans in the, it was a 2019 season, but it was technically 2020. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that the chiefs were going to the super bowl in forever. It was going to be 50 years in the making. Um, and then of course they go on to win the super bowl against, I'm sorry, the 49. That's okay. I just cover the team. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Not to worry. Um, I was like, I know this is where she's going with it. It's totally fine. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, Oh, yeah, no, maybe don't say it. uh, it's okay. yeah, that was just that moment. I'm, I'm from Kansas city. Originally I moved back here for that job and I came in week four of that season. Oh, it's amazing. Jump on the field and catch those players and talk to them. I mean, I just, I was over the moon because the last time they went to the Super Bowl, my mom was like four, you know, and I oh still, my gosh. Like, wow, crazy things that happened. So that was a, um, a surreal moment, very full circle for me. And while you were doing that, I was in a locker room full of people who were very 
very, very sad. It was a very different. (laughs) I was at it because I was like, oh man, this is, this is not going to be fun. This is not going to be fun, but I'm glad, I'm glad your experience was completely different. Well, Uh, what is the next year is terrible. So that's true. You know what? And that's sports. That's sports. There's a winner and a loser and you can't always be the winner. Absolutely. What is your life motto? Ooh, F it. No one cares. Like literally go take the photo, go stand in front of the crowd go do who gives a living crap. If they stare at you, do your own life. So that's my biggest thing. Screw them. Do you, what is your go-to workout? Oh, I love weightlifting. Anything that's building the, you know, the booty. I love, I love building the shelf. So a booty workout. <laughs> Uh, I have, a, I have, I also have my physical trainer's license. And so I do that a lot oh, amazing. on the side. It's kind of, you know, it's like, it's like my, uh, outlet, right. It's a thing I yeah. can do to get away from, from my actual job. And so, yeah, booty burners are my favorite workout. It's, it's Those all, are my favorite all too. <laughs> I was actually, I had Pilates this morning and she was like, Ooh. we're going to end with arms and then one more ab series. And I was like, instead of abs, can we do booty? And she was like, yeah. oh, sure. Nope. So I'm with you there. Love it. What is your go-to coffee order? Okay. I am a regular blonde roast with a little bit of oat milk and cinnamon sprinkled on top. Ooh. Do I pay like $17 for that? Yes. And I don't care because I'm always going to have a latte. I love it. Well, that goes with your effort. Just do it. It's your $17 (laughs) and and your latte and you should enjoy it. You might be broke one day, girl, but get it together. (laughs) But get it together. Uh, And last but not least, a book every woman should read. Oh, that one might trip. You know what? There's a book called Boundaries. Oh, um, and it uh, and there's boundaries, and I think there's like this person wrote this book about boundaries in dating, boundaries in work, boundaries with family, all these different things. I just read the generic one, uh, and it taught me so much that I applied to not only my personal life but to my work life. Creating okay. healthy boundaries because, as you know, this job can be very consuming, and you gotta take care of your mentals. Uh, and players know that too, right? So, yeah, creating those healthy boundaries of at this time, I will shut this off and I will go to sleep. <laughs> so, that's a good book to read if you ever have a little bit hard time of being a workaholic or um, just getting a little too, you know, you know, us girls, we go to bed and we think about the things we did in third grade that embarrassed us. So, exactly. That is that has helped me shut it off and just go to sleep. That is awesome. Haley, thank you so much. This has been just fantastic. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on. What you're doing is amazing. I've loved watching it from afar, and I'm just happy thank to be you. here. Well, thank you so much. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Um, it is at Haley Lewis underscore sports. Because uh, apparently Haley Lewis is a famous Australian swimmer. So, Oh, okay. So there, there we go. At Haley Lewis underscore sports. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online and ButcherBox. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.